At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone but not just anyone alma is there to help you find the right fit visit helloalma.com therapy 30 to schedule a free consultation today that's helloalma.com therapy 30 welcome to season two episode six of comic book nation the official podcast of comicbook.com i am your host kofi outlaw and today we're doing something a little bit different we recorded a whole great top of the line show for you guys but you're uh, still gonna get what you're still gonna get hot jump gun jim's telling you over there but uh as we got done doing that show we came out and we had uh one of the bigger reveals we've had all year which is our first look at robert pattinson's batman costume from matt reeves the batman which was revealed in a new video so we got done the show and we were just like well there goes that and we decided what we're gonna do is just make you guys a bigger better show by coming in filming a little segment to talk specifically about the batman costume and helping me with that today is mr brandon davis hello and producer jim viscardi hello and when we get done with this segment, we're going to throw you guys back over to the regular show we recorded with me, Matthew Aguilar, Connor Casey, and a special guest, which you will get the full regular Comic Book Nation experience from that. So be sure to stay tuned for both parts of this very special kind of episode. He's the special guest. I like that. Oh, Yeah, got to sell the sizzle, right? Got to sell the sizzle. But our most special guest on this here. podcast, let's be honest, is the guy behind us right now, the Batman, Robert Pattinson. So we got this very kind of uh, what the kids would call a hashtag mood video <laughs> where it saw kind of Pattinson's Batman emerge from these shadows, quote unquote, because everything's colored in red. And we got a look at his chest, armor and insignia, his cowl, not the ears. We got hints of a cape, a collar and some other details we're going to talk about. I thought it was kind of good at setting the mood for this Batman movie. Um, I think the score by Michael Cicchino, Oscar winning composer. Best known for his work on the amazing TV show Lost. There you go. There's BD's free uh, Lost plug right there. Best show ever. Um, it really did help to kind of give us an idea of what this new Batman theme music might sound like. It kind of set the tone for, it reminded me of, while being very superhero-y, also kind of a very 40s noir-ish detective story kind of sound to it, which is what is kind of shaping this version of the Batman, uh, the whole world's greatest detective, kind of old film noir Chinatown kind of thing and it made me really excited for this uh the theme is already a hit in my head mm -hmm. like i've been kind of humming it to myself i feel like a lot of other people who saw this are feeling the same kind of way but it is the internet and this is dc and this is a costume reveal so it can't all be love and immediately everyone compared it to daredevil oh, yeah. immediately because i said i liked it and i got called a shill <laughs> So that's just. I think red was an interesting choice. I mean, even if you just look at, if you're watching the video, you can see on the screens, we've got a bit of like a blue overlay here. You know, it's still in the shadows, whatever. Like, that was perfectly fine. They could have totally sidestepped their Daredevil comparison I, with that. I, I, but nobody's I thinking the about Daredevil. Daredevil's gone. They're like, only thinking if everybody cared this much about Daredevil when Daredevil was here, we'd still have Daredevil. <laughs> like. <laughs> like, <laughs> like oh, R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, I think the red was fine. I think the only comparison is the fact that it was red lighting and you can't see his eyes it, like if otherwise every freaking superhero who has a mask that goes over their face you better be comparing it to daredevil if it's in a red light because they're all the same well let's just be honest because we didn't see the ears we just kind of saw the head and the leather mask and that's what's really throwing people i think because if you don't see the ears, it really is kind of hard to distinguish a Batman from a Daredevil. I'll tell you what my favorite part about this cowl, though, is. Because I'm not totally sold on the, the leather-esque. I get the story, potential story implications of why it's leather and it looks stitchy and whatever. I like that you can see so much of that jawline and that chin. Um, my the Some of my least favorite cowls, mainly the Christian Bale one, is the one where it looks like he's got kind of a bubble, like a bubble head around his thing. And like it covers way too much of his actual face. This, like the Ben Affleck one, which is my second favorite, um, it's not my favorite, it's my first favorite is the Michael Keaton one, but I like that a lot. 
Like, I, I you don't just, like the cane look. mask that just puts your mouth out there. Yeah, no, I you don't. Like the whole jaw. Like the, I mean, Robert I like Pattinson's the, got a lot of why, jaw. I mean, why would you hide that jaw? A lot I mean, of jaw. Great, great jaw. Yeah, science says it's the best glass jaw in the world. With that thing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, literally, science just said it's the best jaw in the world. So, But uh, I like it because I like that it's a mix. I feel like it's a mix of kind of the old style of Batman, not just the Adam West, which people have compared it to, but like the old 40s comics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you've ever read like really classic Batman stuff, which is a hard read because it's a very different Batman, <laughs> uh, it, it kind of looks like this, but I like the modern kind of Arkham influence with the kind of almost armor-esque. Mm. Yeah, I really love pads. the chest piece part of it where it's it's a bit angular and, you know, it, it, it looks like actual armor, but like. It looks like Arkham. And what it I, does. It I mean, looks like the, ar- I mean, this looks like a combination of the top, from top you get the. Adam West Batman, and around the collar you get Gotham, Gotham by Gaslight, like especially with the tall collar. I hate that collar. And then, well, I think that's my least favorite part. But I want to see more before I, Judge before it. I uh, condemn it. And then the the suit itself, like the armored kind of broken up in armor plates, is Arkham style. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, but it's, it might change when you see it in color. It might change when you see it head to toe. So get outside and film at Reeves so that the snipers in London can get those paparazzi shots and we can see it. <laughs> Do you think this is the only bat suit we'll see? Um, I don't. In this movie, probably not, yeah. but it'll probably be the main one. Hmm. I mean, it, Warner, that's always a Warner Brother merchandising question more so than anything else. What I like about this is I like if this is an early Batman creator. This looks like an early concept for a suit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also looks like rather, in a weird way, it looks like more kind of dangerous and creepy than a lot of the other Batmans. Like, mm-hmm. if you saw this guy standing in an alleyway, like... He's not wearing, wearing that hockey pants. Yeah, like, <laughs> it, it looks like he's a scarier dude who would be creeping around a crime scene yeah. and kind of hanging out and doing that. Do you think it says anything about the time period when when this movie's going to be set? I think it's going to be kind of the loose thing they do a lot of times with Batman, yeah. which is in an indefinite time period. Like, uh, yeah, Batman, the th- animated series, like, is it modern times? Is it the 1930s? It's kind yeah. of a mix of both. The only thing that you might be able to, if this is, in fact, a gun on his chest plate, like, that looks kind of like a, a, a more modern, like... Pistol. P- pistol, like the, the part, that whatever that you'd call that, I don't know gun terms. The, like, the part that goes in your hand. <laughs> like, this is where the clip goes in. I think that looks like of the base of a modern gun, a more modern. Unless, but then again, like I don't know any pistols that become as thick as this one apparently does. Because the big theory online is that this is a gun that he's kind of cut in half and put into his uh, chest plate. And then other people are like, "Oh, what if that's the gun that killed his parents? Maybe that's a lot. That's dark. Uh, and how would he get it? Because we saw what happened in Joker." I'm just kidding. They're not connected. Um, <laughs> it's not too but, terribly dark. I mean, there was, you know, Kevin Smith wrote that, what, that two-page story in uh, Detective 1000 that had Batman melting down Joe Chill's gun and putting it as an armor piece underneath the bat, the, the bat insignia. So, I mean, that what if it's be, just his grappling gun? What if it folds I mean, it would at least It would at least make it relevant if we have to watch another Wayne murder scene again. To actually, it's an interesting. It's, yeah, it. it's an interesting play on that for sure. I don't think if that'll be in the movie. I hope not. I mean, I yeah. Not. I mean, I don't want to focus. I, I want to focus on Batman just kind of finding his way as a detective. I don't need to go back. And I, uh, we all know why he came to that point. But like I said, I think I like the creep factor. The leather mask is it kind of like a weird S and M turn that, like, like I said, it looks like this guy could be slightly disturbed more so than just a hero. And this isn't like You're saying he might be Christian hero. Gray. Yeah. Uh, something like that. You're saying yeah. he might have a playroom? How yeah. how heavy do you he's think He's also that confident. Is? I mean, he's got to be the most confident Batman because going out there in leather is, you're not really protecting your <laughs> really head. Really seals like in part. the flavor. Yeah. Chris Nolan spent like a whole act of a movie explaining to us how he's going to protect <laughs> Batman's head. Right. Um, but sir, but how, how heavy do you think that costume is for Pattinson to wear? Probably not that heavy. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. They, they, these costume designers have so many. But if that, the if that cape is leather, I mean, that's going to be weight. I'm going to look it up. Even by itself. But I remember yeah. like Ben Affleck saying that it felt like it was another, you know, 20, 30 pounds on him um, just, you know, before he even put the cape on. So anyway. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, it depends on how I have to see the full costume because it looks like it's bulky, but it also looks like it could use a lot of plating tricks to kind of. Stitched together different plates over him, in which case that might not be as heavy. It's just it's so funny because it could be like football the, pads on. So the people who made this previously worked on Solo, Rogue One, John Carter, all the Star Wars movies uh, recently. 
I don't know. The props those, people? I think oh, it's, no, the costumes people. Oh, the costumes people. Yeah, it, so. It's interesting because like we we have been given already so much, but there's so many facets about the Batman costume that like, is he going to to wear gloves or is he going to have like the, the sharp things that come out of his forearm and... Can he take it what off is, the pee? Is he is he gonna yeah, have I mean, a belt? Still, yeah, the belt, the underwear. Yeah, you like think he'll have a utility stuff. belt? I hope so. What are kind of his boots like? Are they also leather? Are they armored? Like all that yeah. stuff. I hope it's bright yellow. It's very specific <laughs> what this, this video test shows and does not show. Yeah. Um this it's kind of admirable. This little collar is the only thing I'm a little iffy on, how it just kind of stands up as if he's going to an episode of Jersey Shore. That's <laughs> What's going on? I, I want to wait to see it in full. Like, I think this is that part might grow on all of us. I feel like that's the biggest, most common criticism anyway. I want to see uh, the DC whole fans are nuts. I don't get triggered by a collar. Do we think it's going to be black? I don't know. That's, that's I mean, eh, the red is why we, we have that mm-hmm. secret Probably hidden. Gray and black. You think gray? I don't know. Dark gray. I have no idea. I've seen various colorings of I think, this. I think fan this is black. Like, I think yeah. the this little whatever we think is a gun is black. Yeah. I remember radio, radio <laughs> video guy. <laughs> but it looks uh, like it's a different. It's a darker color than the rest of that right. when you brighten it. So I think it must be at least if it's not just a different material that takes the light differently. Mm-hmm. I think it might be the 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 chest insignia, the bats, the bat logo is black, and then the rest of it might be some sort of gray. All right. So that's many questions. Guess. That's a good guess. Nobody's, nobody's leaning on some kind of blue in there? Mm. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think they're going to go blue. Mm. All right. Do you there think, you have you, it. Do you mean, do you think they're going to go blue? The experts I don't have know. I, I don't know. You could have the cape be blue. I don't know what, like, I don't it's know. It's true. Maybe it's all red. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't even a red light. It was a white light just reflecting off of a bright red suit. They Batman's actually borrowed... Coming, Batman's the, coming to Daredevil season four. Yeah, they tore up the... Netflix was like, we don't need this anymore. Y'all want to borrow it? No. And they were like, well, let's make a few changes. Like I said, if everybody cared this much about Daredevil, when we had Daredevil, we'd still have Daredevil. I don't think we would. Yeah, we might. Daredevil did it to itself. No, Jeff okay. Loeb did it to him. All right. Well, All right. Well, back to the Batman here. <laughs> you guys have any uh, closing remarks? Because uh, I got a regular show to get to. I am just, I'm really excited to now see the set photos to see what Jim's whole, officially excited. I want to see what this whole thing it looks like to awesome see if I can get really excited. Video, but we got you. Mike, got so you. is this the most anticipated the movie works. of 2021? Because I feel like the, for me at 2021 least. 2021 is a loaded year. 2021 is a big year. For me, the top two. You're more excited than this? Especially. Shh. Okay. Especially if Sam Raimi is directing Doctor Strange 2, is either this or Doctor Strange 2. Not Matrix 4. Oh, shh. Yeah, or John, John Wick, Wick for. I mean, it's not. It's not it's, John Wick. It's Wickford. stupid to talk about most anticipated 2021. The real question is how much. But money, hold on, if you if you could watch one tomorrow, would you? Which one would you watch? If you could watch one right now, a finished movie, which Batman one? or Matrix? Well, any news. of the 2021. The news is what I would watch, <laughs> just to make sure like I'm gonna have time and and space and not a dystopia to go see <laughs> movies. 2021. Our we're we're good. We got a lot of movies going. We just gotta we gotta get through. We just gotta get to. We just gotta get to 2020. Hey guys, keep clicking on comicbook.com all year long so we can keep working in 2021. If you guys support us in 2020, there's just not much happening. We got to 2021. All right. Yeah, including the Batman. So yeah, I mean, I expect. I mean, in all seriousness, no. We though, I expect we're going to start to see a lot more as this begins to kind of get outside. And, uh, do you think they'll do shot. this for the villains? I hope so. I'm I really, hope so. I hope Gosh. I like the theme of this, and I hope they continue it. And I hope it is a theme. Like I hope we get different colors, we, different songs. We could very well get Catwoman today. And get, yeah, yeah, Catwoman's theme. And get, like, I just hope he doesn't start keep dropping them at freaking six o'clock at night. No, I was driving home. home. I was so people mad. are in traffic, Mavericks. <laughs> think of our <laughs> yeah. families. I know you guys are just chilling on the West Coast. Like, hey, we just had lunch, bro. My avocados oh my digesting. Like, here we go. <laughs> like, but uh, West Coast is different. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah. like, yeah, let's try to get these more timely. But no, I think of the one. kids. I want to see one for Zoe Kravitz, Catwoman, even Paul Dano's Riddler, definitely uh, Colin Farrell's Penguin. You think we like, get like a green Riddler with a top hat? That'd be oh. awesome. That'd oh. be so great. So. Sing to me, Matt Reeves. And I Michael mean, like, Chiquita. he nailed a good theme uh, with this, even if it unintentionally, if this was just a one and done just to get the suit out there. Like, the way they put it together is an interesting it's theme. The best it's, new song of 2020. Yeah, you could keep doing for other videos. So I say run with it as a, just a teaser campaign. Mm-hmm. It'd be better than Birds of Prey. Oh. oh, gosh. We 
we'd actually get to meet the characters. Did the Batman already nice? sell more tickets than Birds oh, of Prey? Yes. Yes, when it they did. called it the oh Batman. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but, That's uh, a whole different... I, feel, I, don't, I don't understand what happened um, there. That'll do it for this segment when we're talking about the Batman. Thank you guys for uh, checking in. Now we're going to throw you over to our regular Comic Book Nation episode that we recorded with me, Matt Aguilar, Connor Casey, and Spencer Perry. So be sure to stay oh, tuned for all of that. special guest. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, I have my co-host, Matthew Aguilar, over there. What up? And we have Mr. Connor Casey, wrestling uh, reporter extraordinaire, back on the show. It's because it's time for some wrestling, Kofi. It is time for wrestling today. And to help us out with that, uh, you haven't met him yet, but uh, he's one of our fine poaches from another site. Somebody I've known for many, many years who has joined the comic book team recently. Mr. Spencer Perry is with us. Hey, how's it going? Doing all right. How you doing, Spence? Doing not too bad, not too bad. So, Spencer's here because today we need some expertise on this Sonic the Hedgehog movie, which is hitting theaters, which he braved. He bravely went out and checked out for us. <laughs> so he's going to let you know what's going on with this Sonic movie. After all the uh, redesigns and everything we've been arguing about Sonic, which has been a heated topic, strangely, on this podcast, we're going to find out if the actual Sonic movie is any good. So Spencer's going to help us out with that. We are also going to talk about some new reveals and or rumor leaks from Marvel's Avengers video game, which is uh, in a state of controversy already from being delayed to kind of in the pressures to deliver another Spider-Man. So we're going to talk about what we've learned recently about that. We have some fun news about uh, two actors who are returning to uh, major franchises from our 90s childhoods, and uh, we're going to talk about that. Anging wax nostalgic. And we have the late-breaking rumor right before we came in here of another Spider-Man spinoff movie that is supposedly in development. So we're going to talk about how valid that rumor is and how much we wanted it to be true or not. So we'll get into all of that. Plus, you see Connor's here, so that means it must be time for some wrestling. So we are going to give you guys a preview of NXC's TakeOver Portland, which is going down this weekend. We've done WWE, obviously. We broke into some AEW, and now we're getting to NXT. So for all you wrestling fans of the podcast, be sure to stick around for that. But let's start right at the top with our new segment today and talk about something that Matt was kind of getting together for us right before we walked in here. Yeah. There's rumors that we're going to get another Spider-Man spinoff movie. So for those keeping count, we have... On the Sony side of things, we've had Venom. We have Venom 2 coming this year. We also have Morbius coming this year. And in the last episode, we were just talking about a Sony Marvel movie that was rumored for 2021 that we did not know about. But additional rumors have pointed to a Madam Web movie, a Craven the Hunter movie probably coming. But today, Matt, who do we got on the docket for possible movie? The it's one. cardiac. I'm just kidding. It's oh not my cardiac. god, man! I wish it was the one true <laughs> Spider Woman, Jessica Drew. I am very excited. Like this would cardiac. I would lose my mind, but like I'm almost losing my mind with this. They're very close. So take people through. What is the rumor? Since like I've barely read any of this because we okay. were trying to crank out stuff before we walked in here. So, so weirdly, weirdly to this point, the only thing that has been confirmed on Sony's side is a Spider Women animated movie that is supposed to spin off of Spider-Verse. So that is the only thing Sony has said. From Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. From Spider-Man, yeah, the Spider-Verse. This rumor, or actually report, uh, is a, evidently sources are saying that 
Uh, one, it would be a Spider-Woman Jessica Drew solo live action movie that would be a la Venom. So kind of not necessarily part of the MCU, but it could be kind of over here. Uh, and that a director is already being eyed in Michelle McLaren and that a actor, a lead actor is already being talked to about the role, which would be Alicia Vikander of Tomb Raider fame, which I also heard. So like there's a lot of ifs in this but like the thing is they already have like uh if you go and check out the article there's already like an origin story so to speak there's a lot of descriptions of early ideas like there's a lot of stuff here that kind of makes it seem more than just hey here's a thing that could happen but none of it's been confirmed so like i'm still kind of on pins and needles of like i want this to be real because i've wanted that and also i wanted this to be real because for the longest time spider woman is one of those characters that we honestly didn't know whether it fell on the sony side of the fence or the Marvel side of the fence, because... This was a big deal, like, right after Captain Marvel. Yeah, because, like, Jessica Drew is her best friend in the books, and she's now really closely tied to her, but... the And the character also didn't really appear in a Spider-Man book first, so that's where the gray area comes in. We think maybe they can even share her. So it's, it's weird, because Sony really still only has rights to Spider-Man characters that have, like, spawned directly from there. So there's a lot of questions with this. Uh, but I am stoked if it's true. Why Jessica Drew? Tell us. So Jessica Drew, one, has a really interesting uh, backstory. Like her, now it would depend if Sony does this without kind of Marvel's, you know, like MCU tie blessing type of thing, where it's kind of like Venom and kind of kept separate, then we won't get some of the S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff because Jessica Drew has S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff in her background tied to like experiments and things like that. So that's why that organization has shown up a lot through her life uh she has a lot of she has ties to spider-man but again she's not really a spider-man character jessica drew is just fun jessica drew is like if you loved um if you like a light-hearted uh jessica jones jessica drew is like a detective in the comics and kind of runs her own agency as well as being an avenger but she also doesn't have the budget that comes with captain america and like all these people that have them so you get like this kind of weird mix of the crazy eccentric i have a best friend who can sail to the cosmos and the normal stuff of like she had a baby in the books she was like running around with a reporter trying to start her own business like it's a lot of that stuff that you have so it's a perfect mix for a movie it would, it would be a great fit for a movie and she's really funny and like down to earth and sarcastic so there's a lot of cool stuff here and her powers are interesting because again they are dealt from an irradiated spider like spidey but they're not like yeah she can wall crawl but she can do venom blast she has pheromones that like she can give off and will turn people away or attract them or cause fear like she can do all these different things that you can play with in a movie that would be fun for the right director so especially in a detective story yeah it's so there's all kinds of stuff set up it's just like where do they go? And the description says like they're keeping some stuff, but it's an interesting take on on it. I don't know if we want to. No, we don't get too out, deep until we yeah. know this is actually. A but thing. it's but it's interesting. So I mean, I think she's a great fit if they can do it in a way that she's okay for the MCU. Fans will be lining up on the block to see her and Carol like unite for in some kind of event movie later on. Like that will be a like demand that they meet. So the are people going to be clamoring for her to, for Marvel to show up or are people going to be looking around like they did with Venom and go, where the hell Spidey? The first movie for her will be much will be much easier because Spider-Man is in the Sony realm so they don't have the same like she's also not an r-rated character i don't think they'll have the same problems that they have with venom because venom is like they were going for a very distinct like we're gonna go edgy whatever we want to kind of keep them away from spidey spidey won't have any problem like i don't see kevin feige having an issue with like oh yeah let them cross up like that's fine and they'll have fun with it i don't see them having the same issues with her i also see marvel wanting to work out some sort of deal where she can come over for a little bit and like have those fun little interactions in the next Infinity War Endgame type thing. So, All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. Mar Matt will be keeping an eye on that for sure. We're going to jump from Marvel movies over to Marvel video games and talk about Marvel's Avengers. So this game has been <laughs> in a mess. Like, we've been tracking this for, like, has it been, like, a year now? Yeah. A, yeah, about a year now. And, uh, yeah, we got Sp the Spider-Man game, which was, like, a major hit. Was that 2018, 2019? I'm 2018. Like, Gosh, yeah. that's crazy. My that's God, a whole year has gone by. <laughs> wow. Wow, I got to take that in for a minute. Okay, so now that we're, I know where I am in the space-time <laughs> continuum once again, uh, yeah, so we've been waiting on this Marvel's Avengers game to be the follow-up to Spidey, but it's been hit with, like, a major delay this year. 
Um, there's been kind of rumors of troubles under the hood about just trying to get the basic gameplay dynamics and stuff, but we're not here to talk about any of that. We're going to talk about just kind of some of the things we have seen recently. What we've kind of gotten are some new additional details to the game. Uh, we've gotten some details about kind of the bigger additions, deluxe editions they'll put out. We got a Earth Mightiest Edition. <laughs> Basically, we got, I mean, I hate video game like techniques. The cool part is we're going to get some more deluxe additions to this. <laughs> Does the usual brief, like pre-order bonuses. We've gotten some new costumes that look pretty cool. Those obsidian ones look dope. Yeah, the obsidian costumes that look pretty dope. Um, and there's been some kind of more additional rumors and possible leaks about, you know, there have been kind of achievement leaks that have shown up on the internet yeah. that suggest that a possible big villain reveal for this game in the fact that it could be the Kree. Um, we've gotten more evidence that Modoc is going to be in this game. And so there are kind of these details now floating around about Marvel's Avengers. And it's all good to keep this kind of game alive in the minds of players and yeah. give them something hyped to kind of look forward to. But I don't know if it's enough to like really make me kind of jump back in the anticipation train for this game that seems to have a hell of a lot of problems going on with it. Yeah, it's... Uh, You've it, gotten to play it, right, man? Yeah. Yes. So it's, this it's, guy knows. It's It sucks because you know, like, every game release, right, the achievements always leak. A couple weeks before, achievements just because of the nature of, like, they have to pass through a lot of hands, they got to go up on a site or whatever, right, they always leak. But it's like a week, two weeks, and honestly, people at that point who are, like, looking forward to playing the game typically don't look at them. Like, they don't care. So for it to happen, though, because originally the game was supposed to come out in May. Yeah. So now that it's been pushed back to September, like May still would have been kind of far up. But now that it's like September, it's so far for like this kind of like story content. But like MODOK makes sense, right? Because AIM, yeah. we already knew AIM was going to be a big part of the thing. Miss Marvel's a big part and we think it's Kree technology. So like having them be a part, like so far it's like stuff like that would kind of make sense. There hasn't been like, a giant thing, so I'm hoping that doesn't happen because we got a lot of time to go. But the game played played really well. This is a weird thing of like I feel like the presentation of their marketing has been very lackluster. Like they just haven't rolled this out in the way that you would have hoped because the game plays fine. It's fun, and uh, Miss Marvel parts uh, they got to Didn't try you out. Say were that fun. about WWE 2K19. Hey, I still stand by my you review. You are on record. I still stand by my review. Okay, you can read all my thousand words on that. So just with I a great assault. I'm not forgiving you for that, good <laughs> sir. Hey, I stand by it. If I wrote it, I stand by it. But like the thing is with this, it's it's fun. Like the cinematic stuff that they've shown at Comic-Con, it's that. I mean, that's what I played. That is fun. Um, they still need to iron out some things. Like there's still some frame rate stuff and whatever. But that's stuff that typically gets ironed out. The, the vitriol for this game seems to be tied to the look. The look, the look has been, it's been a losing battle for the look since that first trailer. Yeah. It's like, why doesn't he look like Hemsworth? Why doesn't he look like Banner from the, the yeah. movies? Like, everyone's immediately comparing to that and they're going, this is a... And the general costumes, right? Yeah. People have not been thrilled. And, like, I, I don't like the anniversary outfits at all. Like, the ones that are, they're terrible. The Obsidian ones wow. look cool. You uh, tell us how you really Well, feel. I mean, I just, like, they're, they're not great. But the Obsidian ones look cool. But I think it's all tied to, like, if you look at reactions every time New Avengers news comes out, it's always about the looks. It's hardly ever about gameplay or about story. It's about the looks. Crystal Dynamics has proven to be a great developer in the past. Uh, the Tomb Raider series is fantastic. Their games before that were fantastic. I will still trust in them to get the ship brighted because they have a high pedigree. And, you know, Insomniac knocked it out of the park with Spider-Man, did not have as much of this, but they still had issues when they first rolled that out because I remember writing those stories of, like, reactions. So See, I, I think this delay could benefit them because if this game bombs, then they can just turn around and go, wait, no, no, Insomniac, Spider-Man 2 is coming. Yeah. We, we, here's, a, here's a preview trailer. You know, yeah. forget about this. Like, the further out they push it, the closer they can get to that next game that people are going to like. Hoping this is not the new anthem. Wow. Spencer? You got anything to weigh in on this Marvel's Avengers game? Yeah, I, I think he, Matt's right. They're sort of marketing it. I mean, I don't, I'm not developing it, so maybe I don't know. But I, I think they're kind of marketing it wrong. You know, what people want from a game like this is the characters. And perhaps they have an agreement with Marvel that they can only show off those core Avengers and Miss Marvel. But if I was them, the same way that with the PS4 Spider-Man, every new trailer, I would be revealing mm -hmm. a new character that is going to be in this game. 
And that, that's how you're going to hook people is by just a deluge of characters that they know and love and being like, look, look how many people you can play as in this game. Yeah. I mean, like at this point, I feel like we should have seen Captain Marvel. Like we already know that, like feel like yeah. Captain Marvel's a playable character. They've already hinted as such. And, you know, like we know there are going to be other players. They've even said in interviews, like we're going to have other characters tease us with some of those, give us some new locations. We haven't seen a new location since the initial trailer. So like, Let's get some some actual powers like in combo because they're talking about teamwork. We still haven't seen the co-op, like the multiplayer online where you're going to be able to do your own custom costumes of like all the skins you can unlock. We haven't even seen currency. Like currency showed up the first time in this thing. They haven't explained any of it. You, we need information. We need context. And then maybe some people can get over the it doesn't look like I wanted to. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, it's just like weird that this isn't <laughs> generating a bigger buzz. Like I feel like this is nowhere on my radar for 2020. Yeah. Or it's yeah. very muted. Or yeah. it's just like when I keep checking in right. to say what the hell is happening with this Avengers game. So, yeah. And the super casual fans, like, it, it, does this play like an Arkham game? Does this play like how Spidey played? Does this, is this a, a Jedi Fallen Order type Metroidvania thing? Like, how does this No, this play? is a mix between Arkham and Spidey. It's, okay. it's not, it's a very, like, linear, They're, like, Spider-Man kind of where in the story parts where you were moving through the buildings and doing all that stuff in Spider-Man. It's, it's that kind of thing. It's a very structured, like, you're moving to the next area. It's very cinematic. See, they got to get that further across because but they, yeah, they seen, don't. I don't get that. No project. one's yeah, seen nobody gets anything. the the I don't think anybody understands anything about this game. Is it like all of you playing together in a co-op? Are you attacking? You're, you're playing, controlling multiple characters. Like You're playing single-player. Oh, I know. I yeah, know the answer. story, yeah. I'm just saying, as if no. pretending as a casual gamer, I feel like these are the questions that people still keep asking whenever yep. they get a wind of like what this game is going to be. Absolutely. What makes it Avengers-y, like all that stuff. Yeah, so, agreed. Yeah, interesting marketing campaign there. But all right, that's Marvel's Avengers. You can go to our wonderful comicbook.com gaming site and see a whole lot more of that content about every little thing that's going on with this game right now. Uh, we're going to move on to uh, two stories we're going to lump together about two big, uh, iconic... 90s or late 80s, 90s franchise stars coming back for the modern era. Um, as And I think they're both Disney, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so as only Disney can make happen. We got confirmation today that Emilio Estevez is making the comeback for that Mighty Ducks reboot series on Disney+. And we've recently gotten the confirmation that Rick Moranis is definitely coming back for the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids uh, reboot also on Disney+. And yeah, Disney's got that money. They got that bring you out of retirement money. <laughs> like... I just yeah. thought I was going to sit down and chill for the rest of my days. I'm Rick Moranis. I'm Emilio Estevez. I put in my time in Hollywood. I came. I saw. I got the box office numbers. I, I met the honeys and went to the parties. But now, <laughs> just trying to chill. But here comes Disney. Meet the honeys. Meet the honeys. I cannot see Rick Moranis saying that. Well, that's why it's so great. You don't think he's a player. Oh, jeez. You think that Ghostbusters rap party? Hey, he started three movies with honey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, see? Fair enough. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Not that much of a stretch right there. But, um, so yeah, so we're getting these new series. Huh? I mean, we're getting the Honey uh, Shrunk Kid. Is that a new movie? That's a movie, right? Correct. That is a... It's a Disney yeah, Plus it's a movie, movie, but the Mighty Ducks is a series. Okay. Yeah. Just to keep it all straight, this Correct, Disney yeah. Plus stuff is coming at me fast. So they're both coming back. And, yeah, that's great. So we got new details on both projects. Um, basically, the rumor for the Mighty Ducks... Uh, series is kind of as rumored. It's about a mom, Lauren Graham from Gilmore Girls, who has a son who gets kind of kicked out of a hockey team for some kind of challenge or something that's up with him. And so she kind of forms his own team and kind of gets coach back, Emilio Estevez. And he's going to lead a new team of Mighty Ducks that kind of focuses on whatever the problem was that got him off of this first hockey team will become the strength that it makes these Oddball characters come together as a great hockey team. I do like that they're actually making the antagonist the old Mighty Ducks team. Like, oh, I didn't even read that part. Mighty Ducks has become, like, the Mighty Ducks team has become, like, this giant congl like, conglomerate, very successful thing because of all the stuff they did. And so now the kid gets kicked off, and now they're going to do, like, a ragtag thing. It's like bringing the originator back, you know, be like, I guess, I don't know, like, if... The Ghostbusters, but evil. You know, like, yeah, yeah, whatever, right? Just bringing the original person back, but it's the old, against the thing he created. Like, it's kind of interesting. It's very meta. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. You want to gush over this, honey, I shrunk the kids? Because you, you know this Disney stuff way okay. better than us. I'm not gushing, but, th so did you read the synopsis? No, uh, barely. Oh my God. Okay, this is dark. Like, this is crazy dark for a honey, I shrunk the kids. Okay, so the whole premise is that... Rick Moranis' character was, like, experimenting and tinkering in his attic because evidently his wife got sick with cancer. So he was trying to use the tech to, to shrink 
the cancer and he ran out of time. So she died. So then ever since he's been like in his attic experimenting and he, get, he keeps going into the world and getting his family into like these things. And like, it's caused this giant rift between them all. And now like there's all this family drama. And so then he, the, evidently it starts out with like him being trapped as a small thing. And then he gets the kids and he's working with them and like it heals the family. But like all this stuff is like, it's like a really dark premise, like very weighty for like, maybe dark is the wrong word, but weighty, like kind of heavy for what I thought would be like a popcorn flick. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not dark and gritty, honey. I shrunk the kids, but it is, you're right. It is heavy. Honey. Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll never shrink again. Like, well, far I mean, do you, you mean that is um, now that I've just sat here and actually done my homework for the show and read the premise. Uh, I mean, it's dark, but it, it's also very kind of, it's, weirdly powerful in the sense that this is yeah. Rick Moranis's real life. Like yeah. the reason is, why he retired right. from acting like 23 years ago was because his wife died and he had to raise his kids. And Which like, is, I wonder yeah. if that's how they like got, really they got him back. back right. In, yeah. I mean, I want, I mean, it's kind of the, it's a uh, weirdly similar to the um, Tom Welling thing. We just saw Smallville. in, in the Smallville cameo in crisis on infinite <laughs> earths where so basically they so got good. him to come back. <laughs> by creating this kind of meta-narrative that mirrors his real-life experience of playing Clark Kent. And so he got to do a scene that basically says, I'm not Clark Kent, or I'm not Superman anymore, and I'm good with that. Like, I, I have my life, that. that's a great point. and I like, I'm that. doing great. And that's the whole kind of subtext yeah. of that scene. And he just walks off saying, oh, all this crisis stuff is happening. It's like the big joke. Like, oh, whatever, I'm going back to my life. Like, let all this crisis stuff, like, play out. And that was kind of like how they – and he said, as we pointed out, that that was the one scene that they could write to get him back, which is a chance to kind of do this weird meta thing to put to bed all the lingering stuff that he had with the Superman role. And it feels like this is what kind of Rick Morales is – Morales – Moranis is doing, he's kind of working out like, uh, (laughs) we can't afford him. Go get his non-union Mexican equivalent, Rick Morales. Like, yeah. um, Dios mio, I shrunk the kids. Uh, Senor Burns. Uh, Yeah, but um, seriously, though, this is like him kind of working out his whole thing with Hollywood and acting and in this whole kind of real life that he lived through. So. Uh, I mean, this has kind of weirdly made me much more interested in this Honey, I Trunk. <laughs> yeah, kid. like, it looks yeah. really interesting. It was just, like, I read it, and I was expecting very, like, popcorn, like, oh, everybody's back. And I was like, oh, Lord. Like, that that took me off guard. So, yeah. Yeah, so. It's really surprising that, that this is just straight to Disney+, Plus, though, because the fact that they could get him would make this an event movie for theaters. And on the same coin, giving it that sort of gravitas of like, he's back, you know, Rick Moranis is back and he's acting and you can only see it on Disney Plus. That's what uh, kind of makes it powerful. Just yeah, I mean, Bob nice Iger's not service. messing around. He's like, screw movie theaters. Come nice here. in the cap. Yeah. He's like, we got a Rick Moranis and an Emilio Estevez, which I've been going on a whole men at work rant all day about how the times were better when men at work was was here to make us all feel safe and and good, but um, yeah, so this is good. And even the Mighty Ducks thing is kind of weirdly meta and, and mm-hmm. spot on about, because the Mighty Ducks, obviously, after that film franchise, like, that brand did blow yeah. up huge and become, like, a whole thing, which is kind of ironic because it started about this misfit hockey team. So. Yeah. I like it. I like what Disney's doing here. Bob Iger, you're a shrewd bastard, but... uh. Are they going to get cameos? I want cameos. Of you at don't least want a few. all the cameos. I don't want Goldberg Matt. You cameo. don't want a Goldberg cameo. <laughs> I don't want that. Although that would be. That I want Joshua Jackson. You want to talk about the power of Disney? If they go get that Goldberg kid, clean him up, and have him appear at the end. Keenan? Like, like, man, like there's a couple people I want to show up. I was going to say, he's in one of them. Yeah, he's in the second se- sequel. Yeah, he's in yeah. the one, the USA or whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's just good. I mean, I'm the now Cowboy. in. I want to see these, so. I guess Disney Plus, you still got my subscription for now. All right, that'll do it for that. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to get into our deep dive section where Spencer is going to tell us if Sonic the Hedgehog will scar our souls or not, and Connor and Matt are going to tell us about NXT's TakeOver Portland. And Spencer, you can get on that too. I don't know how much you know about wrestling, but we're going to find out. Okay, there you go. <laughs> you're, you're making Al- whole of Alabama's NXT. laughing at you right now. NXT. Come on, Spencer. Uh, it's fine. I don't live oh, there anymore. Well, this is all going swimmingly. So let's take a break.
Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. Time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right, so we're back from break. And as I said, Spencer, who is no longer in Alabama in location unknown, is going to take us through the Sonic the Hedgehog movie and give us a quick, you know what, it doesn't matter. You could give us spoilers. I'm going to tell you right now, you're free to talk whatever you want because I don't think okay. anybody's on the edge of their seat right spoilers now. Spoilers coming, Spoilers though. about Sonic We're gonna the Hedgehog. We're going to get that one fan. So full spoilers about Sonic the Hedgehog coming if Spencer so decides. All right, Spencer, is this movie the disaster that we've all, except Matt, been worried that it's going to be? No, not at all. I have to stop bringing it up. I'll, I'll admit, when I went in, I fully expected it to be terrible. And it's actually pretty charming, specifically because of Ben Schwartz as Sonic. Like, it is quintessentially just a children's movie. Like, if you don't have a kid, or if you're not in the headspace to put up with the shenanigans that come with a kid's movie... It's not going to be for you, but I found it pretty enjoyable and entertaining, even if there's obviously certain moments where if Sonic's not on screen, it just doesn't work. And honestly, kudos to them for delaying the movie and redesigning Sonic, because if they didn't, the movie would not work as well as it does. So you're going to go see it? Am I? No, 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 no. You got to take your kids to see it? <laughs> no, neither one of my kids. My daughter is like four and does not care about any of this. And my son is 18 months and would be trying to do his best Sonic act around the theater. Yeah, so I'm not going yeah to there do that. it is. So, no, I'll catch it when it comes on TV next year. Do we get Tails or any of the other crew? Tease? Knuckles? Knuckles. Do we get Knuckles? <laughs> well, since this is full spoilers, I'll say. This is only uh, going to make people want to see the, the movie more. Be- at the very beginning, there's sort of this uh, masked clan that is after Sonic, and you don't like get a great look at them, but they are all very clearly echidnas. <gasps> They're all red. They have the dreads. They ha- they have the knuckles. <laughs> I'm so and, excited right now. But they're on screen for like 30 seconds. Uh, the mid credit scene is sort of a, a warp ring opens up outside of Green Hills. <gasps> Uh, a a set of music starts playing that your very fans are very familiar with. And then uh, a little Fox (gasps) walks out of it. And uh, he says something like he has like a little tracker and he's like, Oh, Sonic's here. I have to warn him. And then uh, his two tails open up and he flies away. How do you listen to that and not get excited? That's I awesome. Mean, that made me a little excited. That made me a little excited. Because it's 30 seconds it that plays over look, the matter. I'm not it's a Sonic awesome. hater. My parents forbid me from having two gaming systems when I had a Super Nintendo. So I dug up my own money and financed my own money and bought a Genesis and Secret just so I could play Sonic 2 or 3. I forget what. I was a Genesis kid. I didn't have a yeah. Super. And so like, like yeah. yeah. And so my dad found out and then he took it back and returned it and threw the money back at me. Oh, what? Oh, that's yeah. heartbreaking. Yeah, no, it, it didn't matter. The oh rules were the God. rules in my house. Oh, glad. So I only got a little bit of it. crushing. So I had like a big obsession with Sonic, obviously. I Anytime I was at somebody's house who had Sonic. So, yes, I'm not a Sonic hater. I'm not made of stone, Matt. <laughs> I might be dead inside, but it doesn't mean I was always made of stone. So it's just, so it's just for the record, it's just Tails and Knuckles. It's not. Well, I don't ever I don't remember. know anybody else. I've tapped no, out. No, the guy who no, fishes. No Shadow, no Amy, no. No, no. Good. That's, no, you no, know no who Amy, knows about no that? Big cat. No, none of the original Sonic fans know about I mean that's all that this is awesome yeah oh my god I hope this makes money because I want tails I don't know full there's there's also another sort of mid credits thing that uh teases Jim Carrey's Robotnik like turning into the Robotnik that we all know wait that was in the trailer is that just is that that thing we saw there is that not in the movie is it the bit with him with the giant mustache 
Okay, yeah, that's that's one of the okay. big credits. I just need a mean bean machine reference. In Do, what about uh, Chaos Emeralds? No, no Chaos Emeralds, but there is a Chili Dogs reference. Very nice. Respect. How are the visual effects? And how are the human cast? You know, they're fine. It's, I mean, you're talking about you James Marston. Uh, he can charm anybody. He's America's uh, charmer. You know, right. He he works. You know, obviously, you know, he was in the movie where he acted opposite a CG rabbit. So, like, he's he's just the guy that they hire when they need someone to to act opposite of a CG small animal. The best part about the movie is that there's a couple of different scenes that play sort of like the peachy, kid-friendly versions of the Quicksilver scenes from the X-Men movies, where... It, you know, it's Sonic moving people around, moving really fast, doing silly things. And those bits work. They're fun to watch. And it, it, to me, it's clear that those are the things that the director was passionate about staging and doing in the movie. And then sort of the scenes where people are just kind of talking and going back and Did forth. Did they tack just... on some human emotional story to this? Yeah. Ugh, is it terrible? No, it works. It's yeah. fine. Okay. Which is a huge achievement in the <laughs> realm of these type of movies when, like, Everyone's there for the animated character. No one cares about the human right. character. Just make it passable. You don't have to, like, sell me on it. It doesn't have to be Honey, I Shrunk the All kid. right, so quick lightning round on some questions. Which one's better, this or Detective Pikachu? Ooh. I would say oh, this. Oh, what? Oh. I, I did not the love Detective Pikachu. Oh, you feeling it? Good. And how would you rank this in, like, top or bottom five video game movies of all time? It would have to oh, be geez. really bad um, to be in the bottom five. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, considering yeah. what else is in the top Doom five, is around. It, it might make it. It might make it to number five. Okay. So, but that's considering everything else that's in the the oeuvre of, of yeah. Because like you're up against movies, like we so. both. It's no assassin, <laughs> but, but it's no like Wreck It Ralph, right? Like it's not. No, not at all. Okay. Well, they, they no, it, it does. It does have a great well, I'm joke. Just great adaptations. Like oh, okay. that's all I'm talking about. But it's better than Prince of Persia. Yeah, it's better than Rampage. You know, any of that. Better than Rampage. Crap. Better than uh, what was I just? I just said one. Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed. Oh, I was joking. I hate Assassin's Creed. I had <laughs> such high hopes that movie. Too. <laughs> the Animus. Uh, but they anyway. need to redo that. So Sonic's not. I mean, so video game movies not not dying. They're they're doing all right out here. All right. As far as video game movies go, uh, you know, it's probably a higher average than your regular video game. And as far as just general kids movies, totally passable. All right. Okay. Well, there you have it. Bring bring like a Sonic ring. Bye. Yeah. That's our uh, review of Sonic the Hedgehog. If you want, you can uh, find Mr. Spencer Perry on uh, Twitter at that Spencer Perry and ask him some more questions. We're not going to take any more of our time for it. We're going to move right along because now I get to have my favorite part of the show where I get to chill and throw things over to Connor and Matt so they can scream at each other about wrestling. This time in the widening universe of wrestling, we're going to NXT, which I have no idea what that means, but I'm sure they'll <laughs> explain it as they introduce NXT and what's coming up with Take Over Portland this weekend. Well, thank you very much, Kofi. For those who don't know, NXT is the third brand of the WWE. Uh, it was once the developmental brand. It is now kind of doing its own thing. And uh, they run their own pay-per-view events. Yeah. So these usually run the night before a major one, WrestleMania, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble. But sometimes we get these standalone weekends. And then they get to have their own Sunday show and kind of take over the conversation. And this show was... See what you did there, take over. See what you did. There you go. This show was so good, <laughs> we wanted to talk about it here because it, it, I think it deserves a little bit more attention. That card... It's, as, it's as we'll insane. Get to, it's stacked. Like, I would put this up against any other pro... WWE event, you know, from the last year. Yeah, yeah. easy. And not counting other takeover shows. Yeah, just about every one you go and you look. Oh, this is this is a good pay per view. You know, for a regular main roster show for a takeover, it's nothing. That's why we give Jim Viscardi a hard time because he is a hater and he's always calling it a snooze fest. <laughs> and it's actually one of the best wrestling programs around. I just like to say that. So ha. And he's not here to defend himself. He, he is not ha! here. Yes. <laughs> How about but, that, Jim? But, How about that? Let, let's start here because I know. Because there's only six matches, but let's get to the sell Which me is the also nice by the way. Yes, it, it means a You're shorter. Not stuck there for six hours, so yes, exactly. Sell me on one match. What's what's the one match you need to see from this? Uh, okay, sell so, sell Spencer on this. He doesn't know about wrestling. Yes, okay. please. So I'm selling Spencer. Okay, well then I will say uh, Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano. Uh, Who's that? Finn Balor. So Finn Balor <laughs> uh, has is to me the hottest heel. Uh, in and I will say 
I'll say NXT right now. I won't say wrestling. I will say NXT right now. Uh, he's having fun with it. The guy is clearly rejuvenated by being to just be himself on TV, and, and he's having fun just knocking people over the head. He has some of the coolest offensive moves. Johnny Gargano is the epitome of a babyface, so epitome of a good guy. He is The crowd loves him. He's energetic. The, it's never boring, and he can carry a lot of people, even if they suck, in a ring. So when you put two people like that together and give them some time, which I hope they will do, and with only so many matches, NXT, is that's also one of the benefits, is that WWE has so many matches in their pay-per-views, even though they're like nine hours long, some of them only get five minutes, ten minutes. NXT typically gives enough time to breathe. So you actually get to see a match between these two and see a storyline play out, these two will have a phenomenal match. Like, for it to suck, they would just both have to be, like, have the flu. <laughs> you, yeah. you, you stole my pick because yeah. I, I think Gar Gargano is at his best when he's in a match that's building off of, like, a long-term storyline. His stuff with Ciampa, yeah. as seen behind me, he that, that was his best stuff because there was so much that went into the match. Yeah the moment he walked in so that he could play off, oh, this knee brace and this broken crutch, these things took part in, like, build up to the story. I'm going to tie them into the match itself. Yeah. As for my pick, since you took mine, <laughs> I'll go with Undisputed Era versus the Broserweights. Very nice. Because this is kind of the, the biggest, most pleasant surprise at the start of this year is that these two polar opposites in this stoner MMA fighter, Matt Riddle, and this hard-nosed British wrestler, Pete Dunne, when you put them together, they're actually kind of hilarious. Yeah, it's like an and odd couple scenario, but like one, it's like a weird WWE version of Starsky they're, Hutch. They're, they're like cat dog. <laughs> yeah. It's like one is super laid back and goofy. The other is very serious and straightforward. Yeah. Uh, but the goofy one's always tricking the, the normal one into doing weird stuff. Like he tricked him into getting on into onto the loading dock of a plane yes. last night. So you could be like, we need to find a way to Portland. Hide in the back of this plane. And then it was Triple H's plane. Triple like, H's they plane. play they play it's really fun. It's self-aware yeah. and they're having fun with it. So and, yeah, and it's great. They've they've been in a tournament to get to this tag team title match. They've done a spectacular job given that they hadn't tagged before. Yeah. You know, the matches they had leading up to it were great. And then you got Undisputed Era who can have a good match with anybody. Yeah. It's money. Like, I had to stop myself from putting five of their matches on Match of the Year in December. <laughs> it was hard. It was all NXT. It was all, they were all NXT. Um, except, yeah. except that Survivor Series match. Was oh, yeah, good. that was good. But, um, um, okay, so do you... Let's, we didn't mention the title matches. Okay, because, like, yeah. So we got to get the single stuff. The big issue I have with this card, and it's the only one, really, is we've got Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair for the NXT Women's title. But we've already started building Rhea up for a match with Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. Yes. I feel like they've given Bianca the shaft here. I completely agree. You, everything they have done with this build, you could start on Monday, the mm -hmm. day after the show, and nothing would change. Yeah. All the, they could have just kept the wheel spinning with Charlotte. All she had to do was come out and say, I'm not going to tell you who I'm challenging at WrestleMania yet. You're going to find out when I want you to find out and let the speculation just keep bubbling. Because now it looks like, oh, we're already focused on this. Rhea is obviously the star yeah. right now. It's a good match between the two, but Bianca, you're just you're just kind of left on the sideline yeah. right now, and that sucks for her. It she's sucks great. for her because she has what what really sucks is the fact that they have brought Charlotte from the main roster onto NXT for several segments, and every single time the clear shining star is Bianca. Bianca, as for as over as Ripley is, Bianca is almost just as over with those crowds. So when they come out. They, one, knock Rhea down because they highlight her one weakness, which is on the mic. Bianca's great on the mic. Uh, every time she opens her mouth, it's a meme or it's a, like, it's a gif on, she, on social media. She loves media. doing the mean girls. You don't even go. Yeah, she's great, and she's fun. But also, yes, I agree. I feel like Charlotte has never really been, like, I could have taken her out of all those segments, and they would have been just as entertaining. She hasn't really brought anything to it either. Yeah. So I agree. I feel like you're overstepping. The only way they save it is if they let Bianca win. But they which won't I don't think they because do. they just gave the belt to Ripley, and, and Ripley's the it girl, which she's awesome. I love her, but I just feel like, yeah. And I, I, they're building her up as one of the big faces of the brand. Yeah. You don't want to you know, Diminish cut it. the knees out from under that already. The only thing they can – okay, so I will give a B. They can also save it if they then let – which they won't because, again, they're building Charlotte towards that. But if they were to switch gears and have Bianca into a thing with Charlotte and let that run – and then have Ripley go after whoever else. Right. 
that could save it because then you would have a reason for that. Yeah, build her up at the same time. You, but, uh, and you could do a triple threat, which I hate triple threat. They kind of they tend to avoid with Mania because they wanted to they want to keep the story as simple as possible. Yeah. And you know, Becky basically had to fight her way into being yeah. a part of that triple threat last with year with her family. Oh, that was Paige. I'm sorry. I was still going to give it to you because I just like the reference. I just like the fighting with my family reference. I respect it. (laughs) Elsewhere on the card, uh, Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. I think he's going to kill it. And I'm going to say something controversial. (gasps) Dakota Kai is doing the the good girl turned evil heel thing better than Bailey. Oh, I can agree with that. And I know some people are going to hate me for that. Yeah. But Dakota's doing it better. Dakota's killed it. I actually believe it. I don't believe it with Bailey. She's like, good, I hate you all so much. It's like, that's cute. Stop it, Pam. One of the things I think, though, and and I agree with you, I feel like Kai has been killing the heel run and has just embraced it. But I think the also the benefit is that I've been a Knox fan already. And yes, part of it is that she does love the Captain Marvel. But the other part is that I feel like because of Kai's stellar handling of being a heel... Knox now has a feud, and it's brought out a fun, kind of edgier version of her character. She's kind of like this little bit of a rebel, nerdy rock star. It almost feels like the AJ, without the sensual stuff, it feels kind of that AJ Lee rebel thing. And I think that's good for her. I I also love, it's the tiniest detail, but I love that whenever Dakota's fighting her, her entrance music is just the sound of her beating her up. Yeah, it's great. I'm like, oh my God, that's vicious. Yeah, it's awesome. I I really feel like she's benefited the most, even though Kai's been great, she's benefited the most from this. And I I feel like she's one of the... I'm I'm very excited to see her for the rest of this year. I think she's going to kill it. Running on the rest of it, Keith Lee, Dijakovic. It's it's a battle of two behemoths. It's going to be awesome. Keith wins. It's going to be Keith. Let's get to the main event, though. Okay. Because... Champa Cole, there's is a great story being told, n- kind of a kind of a low note there at the end of at la- of last night's show. I wasn't wasn't thrilled about. It. I did actually catch the highlight. Of okay, that. I saw. I was like, eh, that's that boring. That's not the best way I could have. Very it boring. <laughs> Here's my thing. Yeah. I think you gotta have Champa win it back. Yeah, I can see. That. I think we're gonna get an NXT Championship match at Mania that stands alone. Like it did at Survivor Series, where we're not, we're not put. It's not, you know, it's not Charlotte where we're bringing in a crossover from somewhere else to up the prestige of it. No, I think it's just going to be Ciampa versus somebody else, and I think it's Gargano. Oh, I, that would be. Great. I think we finally get part four out of that series because we were robbed of it a year. Yeah, because he got hurt. And the easiest way, it's so easy to do it. Ciampa wins. Johnny goes out there to congratulate him, just like Ciampa did him, and then he goes. Wait a second, I'm a huge jerk when I have this thing, yeah. so I'm going to kill you now. And it just restarts it all from there. I love we, that. We go back to where we should, the thing we should have got. It also gives Gargano something to do after what I think he will lose to Balor. I think so, too. And Because you don't want to, Balor needs that heat and he's been on a roll. So I feel like they'll Garg, that, that's a great rebound. Mm-hmm. For Gargano to go right back into something, a major program, and then come out. I, I love that. And Ciampa, when he was at the height of his power with that title, yeah. biggest heel in wrestling. Oh, he's a great heel. Yeah. Evilest guy. Like, just, he could come out to no music and just terrifying. <laughs> More terrifying than Kofi <laughs> Kobe when he has had his coffee. To WWE discussions is amazing. It's a whole thing. It should, we should yeah, be I a camera. I feel like listening to here. you guys, like, I feel like Janelle must feel like half the time listening to us. Talk about <laughs> yeah. I yeah. That. I very much but that. It, It's a great show. You know, we're going to be covering it live. Yep. You're going to be, you're going to be doing a lot of the live coverage. I'll be yep. there to help you. Um, we'll I'll be, be live tweeting. So I apologize in advance uh, because I will be putting up a lot of gifts, and I will be saying a lot of Keith Lee. I'm buying my first Keith Lee shirt, by the way. I'm Fantastic. Is it the Legion? Yeah, because yeah, it's can... awesome. That's a great shirt. That's a bad And then I'm excited yeah. for whatever Tegan Knox, whatever Captain Marvel look, because she was rocking Captain Marvel sneakers at this NXT. That was dope. That was so good. Anyway, all right. You should right. watch NXT. If you pick yeah. one wrestling program of WWE. That's the best? That's the best. That's the best, hands down. Wednesday what about nights. the other one that's all elite? It's supposed to be only elite. It is all elite, and it doesn't have a show until the 29th. Which, I'll be back for that, too. All right. Booyah. So there you have it. NXT TakeOver Portland going down this weekend. Comicbook.com. Wrestling or WWE, we still are. Oh, man, we got to rebrand that. Or is it all just WWE? For for now. For now. 
Wow. But uh, yeah, comicbook.com, WWE. Stay tuned if you're a wrestling fan because it's going down this weekend on the NXT front. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. I want to thank everybody for listening and or viewing the show today. We want to thank Spencer for coming on and uh, putting our fears of Sonic the Hedgehog to rest. If you are just now getting into Comic Book Nation, we put up new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com where you can subscribe to our RSS feed and get regular updates about the show or just listen in on the site. If you want to listen in to on your favorite kind of podcast platforms, we are on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcasts, Google Playlist, iHeartRadio, or you can view any episode on the comicbook.com YouTube page. If you want to continue the discussion about anything we've been talking about or you have new insights to offer, please do so. Hit us up at the hashtag ComicBookNation, or you can reach me at Kofi Outlaw. Oh, you can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. At Connor Casey underscore CB. And as you can see, you can find Spencer at that Spencer Perry. Don't get confused with the other it's one. Actually it's actually the that Spencer that Perry on, t- on Twitter. Oh, what's that? It's actually the Spencer Perry on Twitter. Oh, it's well, actually this your... Spencer Perry on Twitter. Well, we have your uh, we Instagram? have your name wrong above you, but so uh, not that Spencer Perry. It's the Pe- the Spencer Perry. Ain't that one? It's All this right. one. Uh, if you uh, love uh, the show, uh. go on iTunes, leave us a five star review because we're coming up to another junction where we're going to be reading more <gasps> five star reviews Yay. from iTunes on the show. And if we read yours, we send you some comicbook.com swag, one of these awesome t shirts. 40 of them. out here, like trying to promote. So be sure to leave those five star reviews on iTunes, for, especially for season two. We got to get some season two good reviews. You get going. four shirts per. Poor, per <laughs> Don't start making those promises. You yeah. get nine shirts. Yeah, that is not a real thing. And a plantain. Yeah, that's not Jim's a real gonna thing. Jim's going to be mad. Jim is going to come in here and freak out. That is not a real thing. Four shirts? Well, today's awkward ending has been provided by Matt, so we thank him for that. This has been Comic Book Nation. 